so let's break it down my people come gather around it's time to break free no longer will we be bound by these generational curses and circumstances we only moving forward progressing major advancements see nothing that we speak in is facetious you gotta see yourself the same way the savior sees us he came down from his throne room to free us you 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 know we had to cap it off with jesus it's like ทุกคนสตูดิโอเอ้ยเอ้ยเอ้ยเอ้ยเอ้ยเอ้ยเอ้ยเอ้ยเอ้ยเอ้ยเอ้ยเอ้ยเอ้ยเอ้ยเอ
uh, a movement and you can feel it. You you felt it in, in the atmosphere. And, 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 and let me say this, for, for those of you watching the live stream today, again, share this out. We really believe that this is going to be powerful today. Um, if you're listening um, via the podcast, make sure you share this thing out because, again, there's going to be some good, good stuff shared today. Um, speaking of stuff that yes. we're going to share. Surprise. Um, we do have a surprise today. Um, we act actually have a special guest who will be joining us via phone um, on today. Our lead pastor at Crossover Church ATL, um, the founder of, of City Takers, the movement, um, Mr. Scott Free, will be joining us on today here in just a second. And we're going to have talk and we're going to go deep and we're going to talk really about the role of the church. And 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 many of you, you may not know, but, but uh, Scott Free, Pastor Scott Free, has served as one of the co-founders of One Race Movement and what's going on. So we really want to pick his brain today as we talk about race and the role of the church. Now, before we jump into um, the conversation with, with Pastor Scott, um, some of you might not know who he is. So I, I want to give you a glimpse and you will hear him in this video clip that we're getting ready to show. But you will also see the event and the movement that that really kicked off uh, on this past Friday, Juneteenth here in Atlanta. So let's go ahead and check out this video. After this video, we're going to bring Pastor Scott Free into the conversation. And uh, this is going to be good, y'all. So again, if you have not shared this out, make sure you share this out. So let's check out the video and then we'll come back and we'll chop it up with Pastor Scott. Absolutely. Sound good? Yes. Let's jump into the video. Come on. I believe that the Lord is smiling upon his church in Atlanta today. And I pray that he gives us a, a boldness right now, a boldness that'll be poured out over his church. Now listen, we're standing against strongholds. We're standing up against principalities that don't want to move over our city. But I believe that it's going to take a united church to heal a divided nation. And if you believe that, I want to cry out today with us. Thank you, officer. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. All, that, that's all I can say. Listen, everybody, I want you all to welcome my friend, um, our lead pastor at Crossover Church ATL, the founder of the City Takers Movement. This guy has been a mover and shaker. This guy has been in the fight, in the trenches, in the on the front lines for many, many, many years. And I just want you all to welcome Pastor Scott Free to the Edge Live podcast. Y'all welcome. Pastor Scott. What's up? What's hey. up, man? What is going on, my man? What is going on? Man, I'm, 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 hey, I'm well. I'm well. Everything's well. Thank you for having me on. Uh, Absolutely. The podcast. I've been listening every week and sharing on social media, so I'm excited about the conversation. You know, man. What I mean? alone. Wow. Wow. Well, we, we, we are excited about the conversation. We're excited to have you on. Um, we're just, we're, we're really believing that this is, um, foundational, just like, you know, uh, the, the march that we had, just like the march that, and, and, and the movement that, that started at, at, uh, at Stone Mountain there. So yeah. be before we jump into anything, can you just, for the listeners, just give them just a brief background, like who, who is Scott Free? Can you just share with our people real quick, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I'm just, you know what, I honestly, like, I'm just an average guy. If, if God can use me, God can use anybody. Um, I was born and raised in Miami, and I was kind of running from the Lord, ended up in Atlanta, and had an encounter with Jesus in the year 2000, 20 years ago, and, and everything changed after that. And for me, I found myself more comfortable outside of the walls of the church, yeah. ministering early on and just serving and being a part of, you know, anything I could do be involved in any type of ministry i was just there amen and mm. i just kind of developed through me serving um, i served my home church for 10 years before they let me do anything in the church mm. and then we started we started city takers in the year 2010 mm -hmm. um, we had already been doing a lot of outreach stuff but we had nowhere to send people to mm -hmm. and so we started it as an event every last friday and we started that uh february 
2010 was our first event. Mm. And we've been mm. doing them every last Friday since. And so just the outreach and the mission just grew. You know what I mean? People, more people got involved. And we've been blessed enough to reach thousands and thousands of people in the city of Atlanta, on the streets, and the jails, and yeah. the shelters. Mm. And I just we just have a heart to be the church. And we have a heart to train, equip, and send disciples out, you know what I mean, as the body of Christ, mm. as a lifestyle, though. Not, a, not an event, not a yeah. program, but as a lifestyle. I love it. So no matter where you go, you're a representative, you're ambassador of the kingdom of God. Come on. And Come so on. that's what we've been doing. And, you know, with all the race stuff that's been happening, the racial injustice. Yes. You know, we just felt led four years ago to start to pray into that mm-hmm. and just kind of step into, you know what I mean, step into it as the church. And it's kind of led to um, birthing a ministry called One Race. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get ahead of you guys, but. No, no, go but, ahead. Uh, Friday, yeah, Friday was just, I mean, March on Atlanta. It was just, I mean, it, it's hard to put into words. Yeah. You know, the video mm-hmm. describes it a little bit, but mm-hmm. just to be there and see the body of Christ in action. Like, I always tell people this, that when we move as one body, we're unstoppable. Come on. And there's nothing we can't accomplish as the church. That's right. So mm-hmm. that's a little bit of history of me. But but again, I'm just an <laughs> average guy who don't got it all figured out. You know what I mean? But I'm following the one that does. In the uh, name of Jesus. Well, well, Pastor, I have to say you're far from average. Come on, somebody. Um, <laughs> but but um, I just praise God for having you and uh, Pastor Tammy in my foxhole. And for all the things that, you know, just in watching your example, um, it has taught me. Let's let's deep let's dig a little deeper into one race. So people need to understand that this is not just like an all of a sudden thing. Right. Um, this didn't just come about because of the yeah. current climate and conditions. You said four years ago. So mm-hmm. talk a little bit about yeah. um, what spurred that on. Well, when 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 Trayvon Martin lost his life. Mm-hmm. Um, four years ago, I got a phone call from a friend of mine with through, with the ministry called International House of Prayer. Mm-hmm. They've been praying in the city of Atlanta for over ten years at that time. Wow! And he had, he had called me, and I'm the guy in the city, right? Mm-hmm. I'm the guy downtown, mm-hmm. inner city, right? And he's up in Gwinnett County. He called me. He said, "Hey, how's everything in the city? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the temperature? What what what's it be feeling like?" Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Man, everybody's even my guys are very emotional." Right. People are angry. People are upset. And, you know, and it's not good. Like mm-hmm. The atmosphere is not good. And so he said, let's get together and pray. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the IHOP guy, let's get together and pray. So I was like, all right, well, let's do it. And then so it was me, Billy, um, this guy, Bishop, um, a guy from, um, his name is Bishop Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, and one other guy. Long, long story short, there was four guys. Mm-hmm. Four guys. And we, mm-hmm. yeah, four guys. We got together. We started to pray. And we had just wow. done a millennial event. So it was it was crazy mm-hmm. how God set that up. We wow. had just done an event at the Father's house. Mm. Um, and long story short, we, he just called those guys that we were just at an event a few weeks before that. Wow. And so we got together. We started to pray. And we got together two or three times. Mm-hmm. And... In that season, you know what I mean? You were hearing stories of police shootings and, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it was just like one thing after another four years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and we, we, Billy looked at us. He's like, you know what? If we're going to see real change, we got to know each other deeply. We yeah. can't just like, we know each other's surface level. Right. But we don't know each other's families. I don't know your wife's name. Right. I don't even know how many kids you got. Mm. And so he, he, he said, why don't we go on a retreat? For three days, mm-hmm. take our, our our spouses with us, and let's just get to know each other. Mm. And you know, there was a couple black guys, a couple white guys, and we just wanted to really get to know each other and then get into deep relationships. Yeah. And so we did that. We took off three days, mm. prayed, shared stories, got to know each other deeply, and we said, "Hey, if we're going to see any real significant change, we got to go deep in relationships." Come first. on. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so we came out of that. We actually went to Rome, Georgia, to the Chick Fil A. Hey, we know where Rome, hey, Georgia is. We know Rome, Georgia is. Rome, yeah. GA. <laughs> That's where we went. And um, look at that, y'all. Out of that, we had this crazy idea. We said, "What if we went to the the most significant racial landmark in Atlanta? Mm-hmm. Wow, come Stone on, Mountain. Stone Mountain, Stone Mountain. Yes, sir. We said, "What if we took What if we took three hundred pastors?" 
to the top of Stone Mountain mm-hmm. and denounce racism. Wow. And ask the Lord for revival in our city. Wow. And so long story short, we dreamed it. You know what I mean? We mm-hmm. said, hey, should we start an organization? Should we just make it like, hey, you know, like, we'll just do this. On, you know, everybody just come together and do it. Mm-hmm. So we were like, wait, well, if we do an organization, what would it be called? And I whispered to Tammy. I said, I think it should be called One Race. And Tammy, <laughs> Tammy just blurted yeah, out. Yeah, Tammy race. blurted out. And, <laughs> yeah, Tammy blurted out. And then, and then everybody was like, One Race. That's it. One Race. One mm-hmm. Race. And then it comes from, you know, John Acts. 17, where, mm-hmm. where Jesus, you know, is praying to the Father that we might be one as he and the yes, Father is one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, and we formed One Race. And long story short, it was two years after that, that Stone Mountain happened. Mm. And there wasn't just 300 pastors at the top of the mountain. Oh. There was 5,000 people at the top of the mountain and 20,000 people at the bottom <laughs> of the mountain. Wow. And oh, my Lord. God, wow. God blew our minds there. Long story short, even before leading up to the mountain and even after the mountain, the whole goal was to get pastors and leaders mm-hmm. meeting together, Come on. going deep in relationship, having real um, honest conversation. Yeah. And, and, and it was happening. So we had mm-hmm. gatherings all over the city. I think it was like 40 something gatherings and people were meeting once a month, different pastors and leaders that looked nothing like them mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. that that was right around the corner, but they had never really sat down together. Mm-hmm. And people were sitting down together, having conversations about race and I mean, just learning from each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? And when you get to really know somebody, it's hard not to like them. Come on. You know what I mean? Be based on their skin color. Yeah. Can you can you say that one more time them. for the people in the back though? <laughs> yeah. When you're in when you're Woo! in deep when you're relationship in with relationship. one another. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, it's hard not to like them That's based it. on, you know what I mean? Like 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 racial prejudice. Mm-hmm. And people just don't know what they don't know. That's right. Yeah, you when know? you see and the humanity are, of someone, you know, that Exactly. They live a real life just like you do. It takes color completely out of the equation. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And people are all the same. And the more I've traveled around the world, it doesn't matter where I go. Mm-hmm. I realize that everybody's the same. Amen. Like mm. people speak a different language. People have different culture. But the reality is human beings are human beings. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. right. We all, we That's... have more things alike than we have different. That's guaranteed. Right. That's right. And we focus on the, the 1% difference, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. the, of a pigment of skin. Mm. But Anyways, long story short, it doesn't know, even exist it, anthropologically. Exactly. <laughs> right? We teach our children exactly. that race is important, but racism is a lie, and it really is the reverse of that. So, race doesn't really exist, but racism matters, you know? So, yeah, it's, it's really a reverse of things. One of the things, um, Pastor Scott, before we really get into um, the role of the church, there's another thing that really stood out to me um, looking at one race. And mm-hmm. I know one of the things that was so important, and you said that you, you came out of a conference talking about millennials. Right. Um, you know, people, especially millennials, are leaving the churches, churches, our churches in droves. Um, and there is a need for us to draw a generation um, back to the church. Um, one of the things that I noticed about One Race is that, you know, it talks about um, God's desire for young adults to yeah. have a movement to counter the tidal wave of racial division in our cities. Mm. Um, and we see we see young people. We mostly see young faces in some of these protests and some of them that aren't so peaceful. So talk a little bit about um, giving a voice to young America um, where race is concerned and the church. Yeah, I think the biggest thing about young people is they want to feel like their life matters. Mm-hmm. And I think young people are tired of the program right mm. it's the same old same old you know church is at this time on sundays and you come on wednesdays and you have to dress like this and you have to talk like this and mm-hmm. you have to walk like this and i think young people want to be behind a cause mm. yeah that's why i even see like tom's shoes right buy mm-hmm. a pair of shoes put a pair of shoes on a on a kid in africa right great you know great cause great philosophy and 
so many people got behind that, it became a multi-million dollar company right. because of the cause. The shoes are horrible. <laughs> <laughs> they the are so are uncomfortable. uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all got old feet. <laughs> people, people didn't buy it for the comfort of the shoe. People right. bought it because of the cause. Right. And right. so I think when it comes to race, um, you know, like people, young people don't have the same issues that their parents had, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and they don't have the same way of thinking, um, especially if you grew up in a major city where there's different people in your school and there's different people in your neighborhood and mm-hmm. there's different people in your church. Um, saying all that to say, I think young people just want to be a part of the answer. That's good. Especially mm-hmm. young believers. Mm-hmm. They want to jump in. They want to get in the battle. They want to get in the game. Yeah. They don't want to sit on the sidelines and watch. They don't want to be quiet. They want to feel like their life is making a difference. Right. And so that's why they, they love people love to march. That's why people love to protest because they feel like I'm doing something. Right. I'm right. not just sitting in church watching the news. I'm actually taking action. And one thing I know about young people is they're not afraid to take action. Right. And so whatever the cause is, in this case, racial injustice. Mm-hmm. I'm going in. I'm jumping in. I'm speaking up. Now, I think the problem is, is for the last, I don't know, 50 years or not, not even 50, maybe, yeah, about 50 years. Mm-hmm. since the civil rights movement. The church has kind of been silent on yeah. that. Yeah. And yeah. so the young people are trying to take action, but nobody has been really leading them. Wow. There hasn't yeah. been a leading voice saying, hey, this is what we need to do. Right. Or do this. Or come here. This is what we're going to do. And so kind of it's been fragmented. Mm. We've seen different fragmentations of social justice issues popping up here and there. Um, but if the church doesn't lead in it, the world is going to lead in it. Mm. Wow. And we're starting to see we're starting to see that happen right now. Wow. You've got all these different movements popping up. And the church is like, no, I don't like that. Right. Well, you don't like that because you failed to step up and lead mm. as the church. Mm-hmm. And so now you have all these different movements like Black Lives Matter, so the, the organization. Right, right. And people are having trouble separating the organization from the statement. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, know, you know, Pastor you know, Scott, I, 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 was, I was listening to a conversation um, earlier, um, and Jonathan Evans, um, Dr. Tony Evans' son, yeah. he, he was speaking. And one thing he said, and it really chimes into to what you're speaking about right now, but he said... Um, currently the community, right? Those people outside of the church, he says they cannot look to the church for answers because when they look to the church, all they see is the problem. And as we're, as we're speaking about, about race and and that's what he was talking about. He was talking about, about race and he was talking about how how we're, we are so divided, right? Sunday Mm -hmm. is still the most segregated hours of the week right so so he was speaking about you know we're, we're talking about you know racial um injustice we're, we're talking about being able to come together but he was speaking about he said it's hard for the community to even buy into that from the church's perspective because they look at the church and they say you look just like what we're fighting against mm-hmm. and as we talk about and, and really just kind of dive into the role of the church i, I really want to get you know, just some insight from you as to how can we as a church represent the body of Christ, right? Look like the body of Christ. Look like literally uh, um, um, the people that, that God created, all of us together. Like, like how can we do that and, and not, um, not be catfished or not, not catfish the world as we talk mm-hmm. about even today, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think there's multiple ways. I think number one is, First of all, if you have a problem with a multicultural church, you're going to have a problem with heaven. Come Come on. on. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we got to get something. We got to get our hearts right, number one, Mm -hmm. because racism is a sin. Come on. Racism is is anti-kingdom of God. That's it. So first and foremost, we got to repent. We got to change the way we think. Mm-hmm. And the only way that's going to happen is by getting in relationship with someone who doesn't look like us. That's good. Yeah. That's good. And having real conversations. Mm-hmm. And if it does, if it, if it doesn't happen in the church, it's not going to happen. Mm. So number one, we got to create safe atmospheres and safe places for people to have these type of conversations. That's right. That's right. Um, first and foremost, 
And I think the second thing we can do is we can make our staff reflect what we want our congregations to look like. Mm. Tell, tell us more about that, you Pastor know? Scott. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I think we have to be uh, intentional about, number one, if we want our congregations to look a certain way. And I think they should reflect the community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's one thing if you're, you know, you're, you're, you live out in, you know, the woods somewhere mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. and there's, there's only a certain demographic of people that live, you know, whatever, whatever 20 miles right. around your church. It's probably going to reflect that no matter how diverse you want your church, right. unless people are driving 50 miles in every day, right. it's going to probably reflect your community, which is 100% okay. That's good. But yes, in the true. context of being in a multicultural city mm-hmm. like Atlanta mm-hmm. or Miami or your, any major city mm-hmm. around the United States in 2020, I think you got to be intentional about your staff. Yeah. So is your staff, you know, all one color? Right. Do you right. have an all white staff or do you have an all black staff? That's or do it. you have all Hispanic staff? Right. right. Or do you have all Asian staff? Right. Mm-hmm. And I think if you really wanted to attract a multicultural church, you're going to have to be intentional about what your staff looks like. Yeah, you ha- you, you're you absolutely right, because I think especially the younger generation, mm-hmm. they really desire to see people like them, who look like them, leading. Right. Um, that's really important. They're, they're grasping for things, and that's why they're leaning to, you know, rap stars and um, athletes and all these sorts of things, because they reflect themselves in the mirror, and that's so important. And, you know, I think it's we've done the church has done itself an an injustice or an injustice by not being as intentional. The world is so intentional. I mean, the world, you know, does diversity training and bias training, micro inequities, all these sorts of things. Mm -hmm. But yet the church is so we don't even do far behind. So we we send our children out into a diverse (laughs) world from the church and the church is supposed to teach them how to live. Mm. But it looks nothing like their lived experience. And so, again, like Pastor Philip was saying, like Philip was saying, it looks like the problem. Mm. Um, the church reflects the problem rather than the the solution as it needs to. And so I know one race has put out, um, has taken responsibility. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, even said, we apologize. We apologize to America for the church not being who she's supposed to be. Talk, talk about that, Pastor Scott. Yeah, I think, you know, it, it goes back to what I said. It's like, if we don't step up and lead, you know, who is going to lead? And that's a scary thing when you start to think about just other people to jump in that leadership role and lead people into things like, you know, like Black Lives Matter. And right. I'm not here to talk about, you know, bad organization, but they do have things in their statements and what they believe that is contrary to the kingdom. Yes. And right. So that's why a lot of people have a problem with the, the, the term Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. And so the problem is they formed four years ago, just at the same time one race formed. Mm-hmm. And um, so they're a new organization. And, you know, it was just for a time such as this, nobody was really being that voice for black America. Mm-hmm. And pretty much white America wasn't trying to hear it at the time. Mm-hmm. Especially the white church wasn't trying to hear it at the time. Right. I don't know why it took, uh, took um, you know, George Floyd is the one that kind of really woke up a lot of people. Right. You know, just, and I think it was everything caught on camera. Yeah. Right. right. And, uh, Long story short, so we as one race kind of stepped into that and be like, you know what, let's put out a statement um, saying, uh, number one, apologizing, but number two, saying, you know what, we have to lead this thing. Right. Because if we don't lead this thing, everybody's sitting back wondering what to do. There's, no, there's not a lot of churches that know what to do. Right, right. And so the church and people are like, we know it's a problem. We can't ignore it no more because it's in our face. And we blatantly have to deny that it's a problem. You know what I mean? Right. And if we're denying the problem, we're the problem. Come if on. we're being silent, you know, the silent majority is the problem. That's right. Mm. And That's right. we have to step into the divine window of opportunity that the Lord has given us to be the church. And why is the, the why are we so passionate about it? Because the gospel is about justice. I mean, 
the throne room of God mm-hmm. yes. is built on justice, right? Absolutely. And so, we, you know, we can't separate justice from the gospel. Right. It's part of it. Right. Mm-hmm. It's part of what we do. And so I always say this, like the Bible says, you know, in, um, in, uh, I'm trying to remember the scripture now, I'm going blank, but where, where, where Jesus said, Peter, upon you, I'm going to build my church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Jesus is the one building his church. And then he says something that's super powerful. He says, and the gates of hell will not prevail against, against it. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Or against the church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what, and, and what we're seeing right now is the gates of hell trying to prevail Come on. against the church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We really do. And where evil is prevailing, the church should step into that with the power and authority of the kingdom of God mm-hmm. as ambassadors to a whole other kingdom, right? And speak into it because we are peacemakers. We yes. are reconcilers. Yes. yes. We are, you know what I mean? Like we are called to be those amen we're peculiar yes. people we're not normal right we're from a different place we're from another world that's right, right. And, and the lord is want to use us for a time such as this yes and so wherever that whatever the, that causes and mm-hmm. there's going to be something else pop up but we have to step into instead of run from and i think what's happened with the church over the last probably i don't know 100 years 50 years is we've gotten scared we've gotten afraid wow yeah. And instead of stepping into, we actually step back from. Wow. And I, I think because, that's. Go ahead. I'm sorry. But no, I was just gonna say because we're we're afraid of what might happen, mm. or we're afraid to get our hands dirty, mm-hmm. or we're afraid that somebody might say something bad about us. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so therefore, we want to keep our image. We want to keep our, Ooh. you know what I mean, our name. Mm. We want to keep everything looking good on yeah. the outside. Yeah. Because money is attached to it. Finances Come are attached on. to it. Yes. And so we move by fear instead of by faith. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we've we've separated righteousness and justice, and they're on two polar ends of things. And I think the quote from Martin Luther King, that the statement that one race put out on, on June the 1st, really, really... Um, says it all because the church has become the social club that MLK said um, we're going to become, it's become a place of self-help instead of um, social healing. And so I want to just read this real quick. It says the church must be reminded that it is not master or the servant of the state, Mm. but rather the conscious of the state. It must be the guide and the critic of the state and never its tool. Mm, come mm, on, somebody. Wow. If the church does not recapture its prophetic zeal, it will become an irrelevant social club without moral or spiritual authority. Woo. Come on. Mm. Yeah, that's so real right there. Man, I mean, it's so seeing, real. We're seeing it. You know what I mean? And I say this a lot. You guys have heard me say this, but I'm going to share it now because we're on this podcast. It's like the church has become like a cruise ship. Mm. You know, it's become like a, a social club, like it's a vacation time. Yeah. It's like we even even staff at the church is like we're all about serving the people and Catering. making sure that they have a good time yeah. and making sure that they feel welcome and making sure that they have everything they need and they have a good parking space and they have this, you know what I mean? And it's right. like, I love cruises, but right. I like cruises for vacations for church. <laughs> right, right, right. But the, the church love is, boat. Is a, yeah, the church is the same type of ship, right? But it's a different type of ship. It's more like a battleship. Come yes. On. Yes. Right? And every person on the battleship has a position. Say mm-hmm. it. Every person has a job. Every person knows what their job is. And if they don't do their job correctly, other people's lives are at stake. Yes. Come on. Because it's a ship, it's a ship of war. That's and right. every time that ship leaves the harbor is on mission. Come on. And and Pastor, I think you hit the nail on the head. We have become pacified by the buffet. Mm. And we've sat, sat around and ate too much bread and got fat. Come and on. we stopped working. And we don't even realize what the work of our hands is supposed to do. And there are so many Ooh. people walking around purposeless yes. on purpose. On, and it's time to start speaking life into people and wake up 
purpose. You were sent here to be a solution. Yes. And Jesus is the answer. And he is trying to move and work through us. He said, greater works than these shall we, 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 come we. on, y'all. That's he was right. talking about yeah. the church. He was talking about you and I. Mm. So we got to put the plate down, push away from the table and start getting out in the field and doing some work, the That's work so that you were meant to do. You don't have to do everything. You just have to do your part. Yeah. Yeah. And, Amen. And, and, and I'm, I'm going to say, because though there are some people who are watching the, this live stream right now. There are some people who are listening. And I don't want you to miss what Pastor Scott just said, because it is a nugget. There are pastors listening right now. And I'm telling you, I can give you the title of your Sunday message. You, you, I don't want you to miss it. He said that we are not a cruise ship. But we, the church, are a battleship. You, you got to catch that because if you can literally catch that statement right there, I'm telling you, it changes the game and it changes. Listen, it changes the reason and the why behind the things that we do. And We're I, a battleship. And I love what uh, my friend Bruce, he's Wayne Rogers on here, but what Bruce said, like the revival that God is calling for, Pastor Scott, it is not an event. Mm. It is not a, a seven day event. We we feel good about it. We go home and we feel good personally. Mm. It's about reviving yes. the church um, to be united and to come together and to create change and to watch mountains fall. Come on. Education mountains. Yep. Um, uh, media mountains. Media mountains. <laughs> right, come, on. come on. <laughs> it's the biggest one come right on. there. You know, though, watch those mountains begin to fall and come under the authority of the kingdom where they are meant to be. Yeah. Um, in that video, Pastor Scott, you made a statement. And I don't think we talked about it. You said we need a united church for a divided nation. Go ahead and dig into that for us. Yeah, and I think that's what the Lord is doing right now. I mean, uh, the enemy, the oldest trick in the book is divide and conquer. Mm -hmm. And he's using and he's using racism right now mm. as a weapon to divide a nation. Mm. And, you know, uh, COVID-19 has, has caused us all to wear masks. But mm. the Lord is unmasking people's Woo. hearts of racism right now. Come on. Come on. Right. That's that's what he's doing. He's exposing things, even in his church. Yeah. And and it's almost like him um throwing over tables and, and, and pushing people yes. out of the temple. Right. And and that's what he's doing right now. He's cleansing the church mm. and he's and he's shaking things up and the remnant of the church is going to rise up. And that's what you mm. saw last Friday at March on Atlanta. Yeah. Right. It wasn't about one name. It wasn't about, you know, uh, I'm this pastor. I'm that pastor. Come on. Like barely, they barely even mentioned the people's names that, right. that were on the stage. Right. But it was really about one name, the name of Jesus. Come on. And knowing that we're knowing that we're not battling against flesh and blood. Yes. But rulers of darkness, principalities, right? About, uh, demonic forces that are at work and over our city and mm. in our city, and those strongholds don't want to leave easily. Mm. No. They and don't. so, and so we're gonna have to pray. We're gonna have to fast. We're going to have to unite as one body for one purpose to eradicate. It's not even just about eradicating sin. I know that we're not going to be able to probably do that until Jesus comes back. Right. What we're really, people are really for is equal treatment mm. Come on. of black men and black women, just like they were, and they were treating a guy mm -hmm. or a mm -hmm. white woman. You know what I mean? And so the reality is people just want to be treated equally. Right. Yeah, And, of course, we want racism to be eradicated. Of course, we want sin to be eradicated. Of course, but, but the reality is people just want justice. Mm. If, if, if we were seeing people get justice, we wouldn't have the situation we're in right now. Yeah. Mm. But because there's an unfair treatment of black brothers in America right now, we're seeing what we're seeing right now. So as the church, right, we need to come together as the body. Mm. Because mm. that's the only way that we're going to heal a divided nation. Because we're so divided, right? We're so divided on yeah. Sundays. You talk about it. And, but but what God is doing right now, he's preparing his body mm. for, what mm. he's, for what he wants to do. I believe that he's showing us what the new wineskin mm. for the church looks like. Come on. Because he wants to pour out his new wine. Like he wants to pour out a fresh anointing on his church. And I mean, just today we, we had church this morning and mm -hmm. God moved supernaturally, Man. powerfully. We couldn't even close the service. 
We couldn't even stop. We, we couldn't close it. We could not close it. It was <laughs> amazing. I mean, it's just and like so, the father to pour out on Father's Day. He wants to see all of his children set free and healed. Yeah. Yeah, and you know that the, the, that it's a, a message. Part of it, what I preached today was, you know, they asked Jesus what the greatest commandment was, mm-hmm. and, he, and he said, "Love God, right, with mm-hmm. all your heart, soul, and mind." Mm-hmm. The second is just as, like the first, to love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah, and you know, your neighbor a lot of times doesn't look nothing like you. Like literally, my house. <laughs> yeah. One is, you know, yeah. One is, uh, one is black brother and a uh, family, great dude. Like we got to minister together with him. Uh-huh. And the other is a Hindu uh, Indian family uh-huh. yep. directly from India. And they got about 15 people living in their house. Right. And so yeah. both of my neighbors look nothing like me. Right. One yeah. believes the same thing and one believes something totally different. Right. Mm-hmm. But God called me to love my neighbors. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Just as much as myself. Mm-hmm. And so maybe you don't have an Indian neighbor or a black neighbor, but you have a neighbor at work that doesn't look like you. You have a neighbor, you know what I mean, somewhere that doesn't look like you. Yeah. And we are called to love them just as much as we love ourselves. Mm-hmm. And when we can do that, we're going to be getting somewhere. Pa- Pastor Scott, you, you, you said something today, and, and I'm just going to I'm, I'm gonna read the scripture because you gave it, and then I'm going to make a statement. Um you spoke to us today speaking about love uh, and you came from Romans 12 and, and verses nine through 11. This is what it says. It says, don't just pretend to love others, really love them, Mm -hmm. hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Mm. When when you speak about really loving each other, like 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 not pretending, like like for real, genuine love, that right there, you know, the Bible even speaks about how it's love that covers the tude of sin, right? It, mm-hmm. It's this love thing. Earlier, we were talking about how you know we have to be intentional about going out, meeting, and serving with one another, being around one another. Something happens when you get enveloped in community with other people. Something genuinely happens when we do that. We find out that you know people are, aren't aren't so different anymore. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? We can have genuine conversations, right? So so when, when we think about that as the church, uh, if you could if you could give us one thing that we could do to just love other people like like this kind of love what one thing would you say hey try this or do do that mm-hmm. or, or or go here yeah. yeah i would say invite somebody over your house mm. wow mm, that's good get real personal right that's what jesus did yeah jesus majority of jesus ministry happened over <laughs> dinner, dinner table thing. yeah that's good that's so good so like that's you know an area that we protect and let a lot of people in our house right but mm-hmm. the reality is you want to build a relationship with someone bring them into your house and have them with them. That's so good. Someone Mm. that doesn't look like you. And it's hard not to have real conversation. It's hard, you know what I mean, to leave that dinner table not liking that person. Mm. I'm telling you that God will use you. And a lot of times God doesn't just use you. God teaches you through real conversations that happen over the breaking of the bread. That's good. I mean, it's part of the church, right? We read it in, in, in Acts, it talks about the breaking of the bread, mm-hmm. the fellowship, right? The, the mm-hmm. fellowship, the breaking of the bread, prayer, mm-hmm. and adhering to the apostles' doctrine, which yeah. is the word. Mm-hmm. That's the church. That's it. And so we narrowed church down to a program that happens <laughs> on Sunday mornings. But three months ago, when this COVID thing hit, the the, the, the buildings were stripped away from every Come church on. in mm. the world. Come on. And so pastors were left thinking like, uh-oh, what do we do now? Right, mm. right. And thank God we've been prepared for this because we've been doing it for 10 years. It's <laughs> mm-hmm. like, no, the Sunday morning thing is good. I'm not saying it's bad. Don't throw it out. Right. But it, the church is way bigger than the Sunday morning program. Mm. I, yeah. always, I always think of the Sunday program like a gas station. Mm-hmm. Right? When, when, you're, when your car, the purpose of your car is to drive on the road. Mm-hmm. I don't pull up to the gas station, <laughs> park it, and just leave it just there. Just leave it there. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's good. The purpose is to get me going to where I need to go. That's yeah. good. So the church is 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 the vehicle. Mm. There's a purpose for it, and and it and it, the Sunday morning, you know, experience is really a place that you can come, get refueled, yes, get true. prayed for, yeah. get built up, and go back out to battle. Come yeah. go back out and do life. 
That's go right. back out and be ambassadors of the kingdom. Yeah. You represent a whole other kingdom. Mm. And so, uh, and so when there's, mm. you know, if you see injustice, maybe let, let me just be very practical for a second. When you hear racial comments, when Come you on, hear racial up. jokes at work and everybody's laughing at it as an ambassador, Come on. you're not supposed to laugh at that. You're Come supposed on. to call it out. Yeah. In right. Jesus name. You're like, you know what? That's not that funny. In love. You don't have to fight mm. somebody. That's you don't right. have to pick up stones. But you say, hey, I'd appreciate if you don't talk like that because I'm actually offended and hurt by that because mm. God yeah. doesn't like that. It, it's funny that you mentioned that, Pastor Scott, because I, um, you know, this um, has brought us into deep conversations even with our children. And, um, you know, I was asking them about the racism they experience at school. Um, because, you know, yeah. our daughters all look different and two mm-hmm. of them are in high school together. And there is a different way that they treat the light skinned child versus the dark skinned child. And there were just some things that they were saying about what was being said to them. And I told them, I said, contrary to the what the world says, you don't have to stand for that. Right. You can stand up for yourself respectfully. And like you said, in love yeah. and say, you know, you, 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 you can't talk to me that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's what we have to do. You know, we have to, we have to push back, um, when we know that we're combating and coming against evil, um, when we're coming against lies, it's okay to stand and be, be the truth. That's right. Um, and we need to encourage and and give our young people their voice back because Mm. there's such a, the enemy has created a culture of fear, uh, surrounding racism so that we keep sweeping it under the rug and not dealing with it. Um, we feel confused about what to do, but it's just as simple as you said. And when the church has a revelation that we can tear down the building and flip to the dining table, and then we can move mountains from there. Um, that's, that's where it's at. It's all about relationship. And I just want to ask you one last question because you kind of pointed out three things and the first was relationship. And the second thing, and we've, we've talked about, having your staff at church look look like the community that you serve but the thing in the middle that you said is to create a safe place mm-hmm. how yeah. can the church because let's just be real church has not been a same a safe place even for some of us right here right i mean for me the church has actually been a place um of hurt mm-hmm. where i have felt um like i didn't fit in because mm-hmm. of the color of my skin believe it or not mm-hmm. Um, where I have felt uncomfortable because I didn't look like the majority and felt like maybe I was being treated differently because Mm of that. Mm -hmm. Um, Perception or reality, those kind of things mix together in your mind sometimes when you're not in the spirit. So talk to us about the pastors that are on here. How how do you create a safe place? How does the church um, begin to become the safe place for people again in our nation? Yeah, that's a great, great question, and I don't think there's a there's an easy answer to that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Friday, I shared something. I just felt led, you know. So there was, as Pastor Phil started off, talking ten thousand, twelve thousand people, mm-hmm. six thousand in the park, six thousand outside the park. But there was so many speakers that I think the whole city heard us. <laughs> but I thought that praise Jesus. I'm the, I'm, I, yeah, I'm on the platform, and I was about to pray, and we were about to go march. And the Lord dropped something in my heart mm. that I almost didn't do. And what he dropped in my heart was I, I, I got on the mic and I asked people, I said, hey, y'all, uh, like we were all raised differently. Right. And this is the generation that is totally different than the former generation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I said, a lot of us were raised in the South. A lot of us were raised all over the United States, all over the world. And if we're going to go march, we need to approach the Lord and approach the throne with pure hearts and clean hands. Mm. That was the word the Lord gave me. He said, make sure that before you go march, that you come with pure hearts and clean hands. Mm. That's good. And so what I did is I led everybody in a prayer of repentance. Mm. So I asked, I was like, hey, how many of y'all would just be real enough? Mm -hmm. And I said, if we can't be real enough in the church, where can we be real? That's Mm. it. That's and it. I said, so how many of could be real enough to, to admit that you were raised in a family that taught you to think contrary thoughts mm. of the kingdom and wow. then somebody who looks different than you? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was shocked, y'all. And I'm telling you, I was I was so shocked at how many people raised their hand. Mm. Probably 5,000 people raised their hand. Mm. Saying, I was taught to think, you know, Certain ways about someone who looks different than me. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, 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 pa- and pa- Pastor Scott, 
Pastor Scott, I want to say this. Just looking when you did that, there were people of all races who raised their hand. And I just want to point that out just so so people can really get a visual of what's happening. This isn't just, you know, white folks all all of a sudden raising their hand. This is people of all races and ethnicities raising their hand. Mm. Yeah, and that's the beautiful thing. It's Mm. like if we can just be, be real as leaders and leadership, pastoral team, you know what I mean, and set the atmosphere where it's not, I'm going to pick up stones and judge you for it because that's what's happening right now. Yep. You can't even admit that your family thinks a certain way. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if you admit that right now, you're going to be you're gonna be stoned. Canceled. Canceled. <laughs> you're canceled. canceled, right? canceled. Yeah, canceled. But here's the thing. We're asking people to Trust not us. be ready. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't just change the way you think just by you know, wanting to do that. You actually have to unlearn those things. Come on, come on. And learn like those things are wrong. Some people don't even think that they're wrong. That's the problem mm. right now. Yeah. And mm. people think the way that they're thinking is correct. Mm-hmm. So we can't be real in the church and set that atmosphere of grace and love. Mm-hmm. To, to, and that's something that I, I feel like we've always kind of done well at City Takers. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, be real about it. Right. And guess what? We're all messed up in our own ways. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We all have issues. And if we could be real with one another, we can get somewhere. And so you just create that atmosphere of love and grace and and non-judgmental. And people admit things. And then what I said is, like, let's pray one for another. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Let's get in front of someone that doesn't look like you. And I want you to pray for them. And I want them to pray for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we did that. Wow. And we did that. So I think as leaders and pastors, you actually have to set that atmosphere. Yeah. You know what I mean? You have to set it up. And that's just something that you're going to have to trust the Lord on how to do that. Come you know on. what I mean? It yeah. could be in a small group. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't do it in, on a Sunday morning church service, but maybe you do. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. do it. We do it on Sunday morning. I mean, I did it in front of 15,000 people on Friday. Right. So yeah. it, it's not like it can't be done. Right. You just mm-hmm. have to do it in a way that people feel comfortable about admitting things. That's very yeah. good. And I think, I think, you have to defend them as well. Come on, that's good. If 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 they are dealing with something, you have to defend them. Wow. Be like, you know mm, what? Don't, be a shield. don't cancel them. Don't right. cancel them. Yeah, be a they're shield. They're welcome here. Yeah. Because if, if, if they're not welcome here, where are they going to get hope? Come where on. Are they be Come on. That's right. And, and where it, are they going to be healed at? It takes a lot to get to that place. Yeah. Um, to have that admittance, and I I think one of the things that really struck me so powerfully was one race saying that we as the church, we apologize. Yeah. And that's that's repentance is. It's mm-hmm. it's that truly being sorry and not just being sorry, being sorry and turning. Right. And as brothers and sisters turn, we do. We, ha- we have to have their back. Yeah. We have to defend because the enemy desires to sift them like wheat and will speak into their minds all manner of lies and confusion. Um, as they're in that process of repentance and turning, and so you're you're absolutely right. And I think that's um, that's so much wisdom, Pastor Scott, about how to um, reframe the church as a safe place mm. for our nation yes. um, during this time. And so, as we get ready to uh, wrap up, we want to ask you to just pray for those who are listening um, on the podcast, yeah. and just you know. Speak into the church being united as one, and how we how we're gonna do that. Man. Yeah, I, again, I think it starts with you know one or two people. Mm. You know what I mean? I think uh, uh, if you pull off something like we pulled off Friday, <laughs> I mean, it just was a divine Kairos moment. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That we stepped into that whole event transpired in two weeks. Wow! Mm, wow! Literally, literally two weeks. Wow. Like we were going to do a March, we're thinking 2022. <laughs> like two, we're going to have like a two-year one runway to be right. able to plan something like that. Um, Stone Mountain took a whole 12 months to plan. And that's how and you know God is in this. Exactly. Because things exactly. come together. So when the heart, if uh, God, yes. Mm-hmm. If, if God gives you a window like that, run in, run in and, and, and go for it. But I think. You know, the, the old saying, how do you eat an elephant? Right at a time. time. Yes, sir. And, and so, you you know, you get one person. You know what I mean? Get with one pastor. Get with one leader. Yeah. And start to have these real conversations. You know what I mean? That that are very uncomfortable sometimes. Mm-hmm. But if you can say, like, going into the conversation, you can say, you know what? No matter what we say right now, 
Number one, we're not going to be offended. Yeah. And number two, we're going to love each other through That's it. That's right. And number three, we're not going to get on social media and blast, and each, blast other. each other. No blasting. Right. And it's like, you know, it's, this is a safe place. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that's that's how one race started. We were doing that with different pastors, and and we had this cool, awesomest conversation mm. with other pastors that were blinded by their ignorance. Mm. And when you talk about it, and when people of different colors say, "This is how this makes me feel," mm. I heard other pastors say, "I'm so sorry. I had no idea it made you feel mm. that way." And then you know what I mean. And there's, there's the atmosphere of repentance. And love, and man, God was just supernaturally doing things in people's hearts, and in, in, in all people. It wasn't yeah. like just white people, right? It was like a black guy saying, "Man, I never looked at it that way." Right, yeah. right. And I understand how you think now, right? And, you know, I understand what you think. Wow. And so I think you know you start small. And that's mm. how we started. Three guys, three or four guys, mm. and their wives <laughs> went on a retreat. Wow. That's mm. it. And then, you know, now we had, you know, 15,000 people marching. Mm-hmm. We had 20,000 people at, you know. But again, it doesn't speak to us. It speaks to God doing something in time. Yes. That's it right. speaks to the church shifting and coming alive. Yes. Come on. And, you know, God, I believe Revival. that God is uniting the bride of Christ Come for on. end time harvest. Yes. Mm-hmm. I believe what we have coming. He spoke a word to me, uh, I don't know, four weeks ago, right before George Floyd. I think it was the day before mm-hmm. George Floyd lost his life. And it had nothing to do with him. But the Lord said, prepare your net. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. I remember that. I remember you saying prepare, that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Prepare your net because the harvest is coming. Yep. And what it is, is we're not, we don't have nets. The Lord is asking us to prepare our people. Mm-hmm. And I believe, like right now, I believe that's a prophetic word for the church. And for pastors that are hearing me right now, prepare your net, prepare your people. People. Because mm. what is to come, you've never experienced nothing like, like it before. Mm. And we cannot go back to the way things have always been. That's come right. Come on. That's right. Pastor Scott, can, can you pray for, for our pastors, our leaders, those folks who yeah. who have listened in today? Because this has been amazing. We we, we really just opened up the, the canister today. We're going to go much much deeper as we go forward in this. But I would love for you just to, to pray and just release yeah. whatever the Lord mm-hmm. has for you then. Yeah, we pray. Father, we just come boldly to your throne, God, knowing that you are just God. You're a God that loves your children, Lord Jesus. And we're all made in your image. Yes. We're all Imago Dei, as your word says, Father. Yes, made in your image, Father. And I thank you, God, that you didn't make a mistake when yes. you made everybody in your image the way yes, that Lord. you made them, Father. Lord, I pray, Father, that you unite the body of Christ, mm. not mm. just in the city of Atlanta, but the state of Georgia, the yes. United States of America, on, and the Lord. nations, Lord yes, Jesus. God. Yes. Lord, you, you told me several weeks ago, or actually several years ago, that Atlanta would be an example to the nation. Mm. Lord, and I pray that you use this city, Lord, that you use this state, yes. that you use this nation, God, yes, as God. a beacon of hope, God, yes, Lord. That, we, that, that you are the reconciler, yes, and God. your Holy Spirit lives in us, and we are your temple. Yes. So, God, wherever we go, we're carriers of your presence. Mm. And we are called to be reconcilers, God. Yes. Where we're reconciling people back to you yes, through your God. son, Jesus. Yes. I thank you, God, that we love you and we love our neighbors. Yes, God. Give us eyes to see mm. what's really happening. Take off the scale of our eyes. Yes. Uh, pull up the veil, God, so that we see the injustice in this world or mm. that's happening right before our eyes, God. Yes, God. Let us not ignore things. Because it doesn't relate yes, to our lives, God. But let us step in to where evil is prevailing mm. with righteousness, truth, and justice. Yes, God. And let us push back the gates of hell. Mm. Because you've given us that authority yes, to do so. Have. Now let us be that battleship. Let us be the men and women of war, Lord Jesus. Yes, God. But not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and principalities of darkness. Mm. So, so, so help us to be your light. Help us to be the salt. Father, equip your church for the work of ministry, as it says in Ephesians 4. Yes, God. We all have a purpose. We all have a position. We all have a role to play, Lord mm. God. And none of us are better than the others. Yes, God. <laughs> no matter what we look like, we're all one body. We're all one blood, mm. one baptism, yes. one God. Yes. 
and we're going to serve you, Lord. So speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. Yes, Lord. Unite us, Father. Thank you, God. For an entire heart. Yes, In Lord. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Pastor, before we close out, that's just so powerful. Yeah. But I, I just, well, as you were praying, um, there there are four people listening to this. They may be in different cities, but tell them how they can get um, in touch with you to take their city yeah, and so, to, to tear down a strong stronghold of racism in their city. Yeah, so, uh, you know, all my information is at I am Scott Free. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at I am Scott Free. Yes. Uh, the mission is at City Takers, and it's also citytakers.com. Um, there's a bunch of good information on that website, but it's going to link you to OneRaceMovement.com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. OneRaceMovement.com has a bunch of information mm-hmm. um, from the the, the uh, statement of righteousness and justice that you guys read off today. Yep. There's also a thing called the Atlanta Covenant mm-hmm. that uh, that they put out. There's also going to be this uh, this training. For leaders and pastors that they're about to release awesome. here in the next few weeks. So if you go to oneracemovement.com, citytakers.com, and then my information is at I am Scott Free on all social media. Absolutely. Make sure when you go to One Race that you they give you a button to subscribe. So if you want more information about that, to subscribe. Yep. Um, and also um, go to Crossover Church on YouTube and subscribe yeah. to that as well. So um, be in the know. And, I mean, you, you need knowledge. It's power. That's so right. um, that's what we yeah. all need. Thank you so much, Pastor Scott, for just pouring into right. us right. today. Hey, I have, I, have, I have one last question. Sure. And it's more of a comment. Um, when, the, when this podcast started, did I hear Terry rapping? Yeah. <laughs> you did. Did you know that I, mean, I actually rapped? I didn't. I didn't know that. Hey, Back really in the day, like I, I have like, ours. yeah, like I have recorded oh, stuff, Pastor rapping. Scott. So I will put this out here. You know, if D is listening, <laughs> you know, I got some bars for one Sunday morning worship. So, right, now, I mean. All right. Now, we're going to put you on. She can okay. She can hold it down. Hey, anybody that <laughs> went to are. Impact here in Rome, you know that I got I got a couple of bars. <laughs> I got a all Snickers right, and a Twix and a. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, Pascal, I'm, I'm going to have to let you uh, hear her album. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to let you hear it. I got now. a few albums. Going to pull, gonna pull Sing, out the archive. Rap, pull sometimes out the archive. dance. <laughs> All right, now. Well, listen, we, we, Pascal, we, we appreciate you again for pouring into us today, yeah. man. It has been awesome. Thank we, there you. are so many, so many nuggets. And I, and I will just say to, this to those of you who are watching and who are listening. Go back, rewind, listen to this over and over and over again because you got to extract it. it. It's just been a lot today. It's good. But I will say this. We're going to go deeper over the next couple of weeks. So if you know some people, if you know some people in your community, you might not be in Atlanta. You might not even be in Georgia. So if you know some people in your community and this is really just resonating with you, tune in, join in. Figure it out. Listen to the Lord, because I believe what we're seeing in Atlanta is just the beginning. Just to start. This is the spark that's going to go across the entire nation. Come on, And prophesy. if you're watching and if you're listening, you are a part of the solution. That's who you are. And I, I just have to add, you don't even have to be part of a local church right now. If you know Jesus Come on. and you're ready to be activated and get on the battleship, Come on. there's a ship to join. So, and you won't be alone. So, all you got to do, amen. God just works off your will. So, yeah. amen. That's it. Pascal, look, before we get out of here, yeah. I'm, I'm going to show one more video. But um, I, I appreciate you. And, uh, man, we got yeah. to do this again, sir. We got to do this again. We love Anytime, you. Love, love you, man. You guys, love too, you. Man. Honor to work with y'all. All right, later. man. Peace. All right, everybody. So listen, as we close out today, we just want to show you this one last video because I know so many of you, we've been talking about one race. We showed you a video earlier, but I want to give you one more glimpse as we close today. We love you all. Love you guys. Tune in next week. Share, share, share this video out because we're believing that the solution is inside of you. Check this video out and uh, we'll see y'all next week. God bless you. Peace.
a few steps ahead, it's that edge light. Oh, oh, gotta get it in your head, baby. Welcome to the edge light. You're too close to the ledge. We gon' push you forward a few steps ahead, it's that edge light. Oh, oh, gotta get it in your head. Welcome to the edge light. That edge light. We gon' help you get your head right. Prepare to fight. Pay attention.